0: series on the top 10 life principles that every Christian should know, and uh, I kind of edited that, that everyone should know, because a lot of these principles are true, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. Um, So I just wanted to ask you a question this morning to start off with. Our life principle is this, you reap what you sow. How many of you have heard that life principle? Yep, it's pretty, uh, something that we kind of have heard or... uh, maybe have experience, but the rest of the life principles, you reap what you sow more than you sow and later than you sow, and we'll get into that in just a little bit, but this idea of reaping what you sow, I'm interested to find out what what areas of life have you seen this life principle come true, not necessarily in your own life, maybe in the life of someone else that you know, but are there specific areas that you've seen this come true in life in general? Anybody have any uh, things that just pop to your mind, oh, yes, Uh, you definitely reap what you sow in this area. Any areas that you can think of? Yes, Pete? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's that? Yeah, you're free to run. That's right. So exercise is a very good example, isn't it? You get out of it exactly what you put into it. That's right. Anything else that you can think of? Any other areas? Hard. What's that? Hard. Okay, so in a job situation or a career situation, you work hard, you uh, you put in the time, and you do that long enough, and you start reaping the benefits of that hard work. That's right. Other areas. What's that? Study. Yep. School, education. Um, if you don't, you cannot reproduce on a test stuff that you haven't put in there, right? So you've got to actually make the time to study and do the hard work, and then when it, when uh, you know test time comes around, you'll have that. You'll have that there. What about finances? Is this true in finances as well? Yeah, you sow or you save a certain amount and you, you put that back for a rainy day or in a special account or you save up for a special project. And when you do that, you reap the benefits of sowing um, what your finances. So I've, I've had a, 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 a little sentence that uh, I read this week called, today is the father of tomorrow. Kind of let that sink in a little bit. Today is the father of tomorrow. It really kind of sets the tone for this life principle of reaping what you sow. The very things that we experience today, whatever you experience today, this is Sunday, the words we say, the events that we go to, the thoughts that we think, the very decisions that we make today, all of these things lead to and shape what tomorrow will look like. Have you ever thought about it in that, in that vein before? Everything that we do today shapes what tomorrow will become. And I, oftentimes, I don't think we think that way, especially uh, teens and young adults. I was a teen and young adult, and I never thought this way. I never had this idea that, oh, what I do today will shape what happens tomorrow but it's really true as a, as a 52-year-old. I can stand here and tell you that this is a life principle that, that is very, very true. Whatever we do today, the thoughts that we think, and this is not just about actions, but it happens in our brains as well. The thoughts that we think, the words that we say, the events, the things that we choose to attend and go to, uh, the decisions that we make, all of those things shape what our future will become. And it's, it all revolves around this life principles of you reap what you sow. Those who act wisely today will have wisdom in the future to make wise decisions. And it's illustrated pretty clear when we look at finances. I know I don't talk a lot about finances, but finances is is one of those areas that's very black and white, isn't it? It's like one of those, okay, you put this much in, you get this much percentage back, and you, you have what you have. Right? But finances are, are very much like that. It's this idea that those who save wisely today will have plenty tomorrow, and those who spend everything they have today will not have anything for tomorrow or for the future, and every farmer understands this principle. How many of you grew up in rural areas around farms or, or uh, sowing seed or all those kind of things? Yeah. I grew up in those areas as well. Um, So every farmer really understands the meaning of this life principle. We reap what we sow, more than what we sow, and later than we sow. And let's look at each part of the principle to make sure that we understand its full kind of implications. First of all, this principle, number one point, applies to everyone. It's not just a Christian or a non-Christian principle. This, This applies to everyone, whether you're a Christian or not. 2nd um, Corinthians five ten reveals we must all appear before judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad so everybody is in the same boat we all have uh, a future we all have a hope and we our decisions our thoughts whatever we turn it into uh, that will determine what our future becomes this principle is steadfast it's immovable Um, We cannot change it. There's no escape from it, either for the believer or or the unbeliever. It's really a principle or a law of life. This is what happens. Um, Whether we want to believe it or not, this is what happens. Galatians 6-7 says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Herein lies the root cause of the careless and indulgent lifestyle of many people. They are deceived. They don't believe that this principle exists. Matter of fact, if you you ask most uh, high school students uh, whether they are, uh, by the choices and the things that they make today, it's going to shape tomorrow, they they have a hard time understanding that concept. Um, Because, you know, their brains aren't fully developed yet. That's part of it. But also, it's just something in our culture. We don't plan for tomorrow very much here in our culture. We don't think about our future. We don't think about the choices that we make today will shape our future for tomorrow. Um, what I'm telling you t- today is if you learn this principle, your life is going to be a much happier life and full of, of wonderful things if you're sowing wonderful things. They either don't believe the truth or they think that they will somehow be exceptions to the truth that'll they, well that, that may apply to some people but it doesn't apply to me. Um, we need to understand that this principle applies to everyone whether you're a Christian, whether you're a non-Christian, doesn't matter. Let's go. Second point is that it's a fact that we reap what we sow. Now here are a few examples of sowing and reaping. The fact that we reap what we sow is good news, really, if you're sowing the right things. Um, But it's a frightening thought for those who are currently involved in Sowing bad things or ungodly things. And we can't we can't sow crabgrass and expect to grow pineapples. Okay. We, we sow crabgrass, we're going to get what? More crabgrass. <laughs> and probably more than we really want. Okay. Uh, but that's what we will get if we sow crabgrass. If you sow seeds of rage and anger, you will reap what? More rage and anger. If you sow seeds of rage and anger, it will eventually... Uh, turn out to be war, and people fighting, and, and people uh, coming up against each other. If you've ever thought of that, uh, your house is a war zone. I've heard this. I work with students and families, and I hear that phrase a lot. My house is a war zone. I don't know if you've ever thought that, or been experiencing that, or seen that in in, in your sphere of life, but I hear that a lot. And I'm going, well, in my mind, the first question I ask is, okay, well, let's look at The things and the decisions and the life choices that you're making each and every day. Because those things, if you're sowing rage, anger, violence, will turn into a war zone. And so we try to help them through that and adjust what they're doing. If you sow the the seeds of anger, then... That's what you will receive. James 1, 19 and 20 says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You sow anger, you're going to get more anger. On the other hand, if you sow seeds of tenderness and compassion and forgiveness, what will you what will you reap? You'll reap peace. Right? Right? You'll reap peace. Oftentimes, the answer to having a war zone in your life or in your family, the answers to those things is start sowing different things in your families. Start sowing different things like tenderness and compassion and empathy and forgiveness. If you start sowing those things into your life and bringing those things into your life, then your your life will slowly begin to produce peace, harmony, love joy, all of those things that we really desire. But we can't have those things if you're not sowing those things. Does that make sense? Oftentimes we think, well, we can do whatever we want, but we really desire love, joy, and peace. But you can't have love, joy, and peace if you're not sowing into those things first. That's, That's the whole foundation of this life principle. Ephesians 4:31 says, "Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted with one another, forgiving each other as God in Christ forgave you. Sow those things into your life, and a few months later, you'll, your family life and your life in general will be so much different." In what it is today you are reaping what you sow that's a fact so you need to start sowing different things if you're not satisfied with your life today and where it is as a parent we count on this life principle to be true if we consistently pour into our children, if we guide them, we train them, we we discipline them, we pray for them, we, we, uh, we're there behind them, guiding them along their way, sowing good things in your children will what? Reap good things in your children. If you do those things, you sow those things into them, then you will reap those things. I remember when my boys... Uh, You know, for the first few years of life, they did what I told them to do, (laughs) right? But they reached a certain point, and they go, they start bucking you. They start rebelling. They start going, no, this is not what I want to do. And I remember the first time that my oldest boy, Andrew, said, why do we go to church, Dad? I don't want to go to church today. I'm tired. And I had to sit down with him and say, well, we go to church because that's what Branhams do. Branhams go to church and a Euribranum, and that's what we do. So I was guiding him and sowing into him this this seed of this is what we do. This is this is who we are. We are, are Christian people. We are believers. So when b- you're a believer, you, you identify with a community of believers, and that's what you do. That's what you do as believers. And I had to remind him of that several more times through his childhood career. But now he would never think about missing church as a matter of fact he's he's so connected to the church he's a pastor at the church and he he's he's not only going to church every Sunday but he's he's one who's leading others in that in that service so you see how you reap what you sow if i hadn't taken the time to sow that into my oldest child his life would be completely different it would be different than it is today So if you want a a certain result out of your children as a parent, we count on this life principle. We count on it. You sow, and then you reap. But if you're not sowing anything, you can't just just assume your children are going to turn out a certain way if you haven't sown anything into their life. You've got to sow that into their life. This concept, this concept number three, is we reap more than what we sow. So you not only just reap what you sow, but you actually reap more than what you sow. Now, you may not understand this, but the farmers understand this. If you're in, in, into farming, they understand that because what they plant one seed, right? And what do they hope for? Just one seed? Just one piece of fruit? Just one thing to harvest? No, they plant one seed and, and expect what? They expect more. That's right. So when they plant one seed, they want more. And that's how this principle works. You plant one seed and, and more comes. That's how this principle works. We reap more than what we sow. Matthew 13, 23 talks about this idea of sowing seed. Some seed was sowed on the good soil. And this is the man who hears the word of God and understands it, and he who bears fruit brings forth a lot of fruit. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. But the idea is that you bring forth more fruit than you sow. Hosea 8:7, They sow a wind, but they reap a whirlwind. So it's so you you sow, and you reap more than what you sow. You know, farmers plant their seed because they expect a great deal more than what they sow. A single seed that. Sprouts yields dozens or scores or even hundreds of seeds, and it's the same way with us. We sow something small and it becomes big. That's whether you're sowing something good or evil. Sometimes we just sow a, a small bad deed, or sometimes we sow just a, a little sin, and soon it can become so overwhelming that it's hard to handle, and it affects not only us, but it can affect everyone around us, and it becomes this giant thing when it only started as a small little misdeed or a small little thing that we did wrong, and all of a sudden it it blows up into something huge. So whether you're sowing good or bad, this principle is the same. You're going to reap more than what you sow. This concept of our life principle is the whole reason we do certain ministries that we do. Certain ministries that we do here at North Lakes. I'm a chaplain at Walls End Primary School because I believe in this principle. I pour into students and families and staff small little seeds every day. And my hope and prayer is that this principle will reign true, that one day that those uh, students will respond, that that the love that I've showed them will spread and grow through their life and through their families, that the compassion that I give them will, that they will give to others, that they will learn about compassion and the skills that I help them develop, will that they live a life full of uh, developing those skills of joy and peace and that the prayers that I pray for them will multiply and that they will see how much God cares for them and that they will one day turn to him when, when troubles come in their life. I bank on this principle. If, if I didn't believe in this life principle, there's no way I would be a chaplain because I would just think, oh, well, it's just not worth it. There's no return for what we do. The whole reason we do scripture in schools, that we organize scripture in Edgeworth Public and, and three or four other schools, the whole reason we do that is because of this principle. Because we believe that if we sow the seed, we're going to reap more than what we sow and that's a huge huge blessing. Jesus used the picture of a sprouting seed to show that when we allow God's word to produce good things in us, the results multiply. He says, "The one on whom the seed was shown, sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word of God and understands and he bears much fruit." Matthew 13:23. On the other side of the ledger, The prophet Hosea says they sow a wind, but they reap a whirlwind when he's talking about the negative side of that. So we do. We do reap more than what we sow. Lastly, we not only reap more than what we sow, we reap later than what we sow. Now, this is a hard one to get because uh, I read a, a, a quote this week. "Is that time is the great equalizer in the field of morals. And this has to do with patience and time, something that we're not really all that good at handling. Some are deceived because their present seed does not appear to be producing an immediate crop. I think we all will be in this category that when we sow something, we expect it to what? Produce right away. We bought a lime tree. I think we bought a lime tree like seven years ago. And this is the first year that we've had limes on it. It's taken forever. And guess how many limes we have? Three lousy limes. <laughs> what are we supposed to do with three th- three lousy limes? I don't know. You can't do much with three lousy limes, right? But we've had to be patient. And that's how this works sometimes, this life principle. You have to be patient because sometimes you sow and sow and sow. And the result happens much, much later than what we think. You know, the crops, you know, they sow seed, and you can guarantee they're going to get a crop, hopefully, the weather, you know, is cooperates. They're going to get a harvest every year, but some of the things that we sow spiritually into people and into ourselves and into our lives, sometimes that takes a while to come around. Some crops we reap quickly, others take a long time, but don't be deceived, the Re- the, the reaping will come whether we believe it's not coming or not. A lot of people have this idea, you know, we have these uh, pictures of people who are the worst people in the world in our mind. Well, we say Hitler or we say this person or that person, it may be somebody very personal to you that you think, oh, this is the worst person in the world. And we often think they've n- they were never punished for what they did. And we think, why isn't God... Why didn't he punish them? Their reaping never came. That's a lot, of, a lot of the reason why we don't believe this life principle is because we see, we think we see, people not paying for what they did in our lifetime. We have to understand that God is the judge and he will have the justice that is deserved. And so oftentimes we don't see it or we don't see how it, how it looks And so we don't think it happens, but it will happen. It will happen. For all of us, it will happen. And so we need to understand that it still happens, even though we may not see it. In 1987, uh, that's a long time ago. How many of you were even born then? Probably two of you. (laughs) Maybe two, maybe three. That's a long time. I, was, uh, I remember it was my first ministry. I was in a, a town in northern Missouri in the United States. It was. I was a youth minister. I was 19, 20 years old. Who's 20? Yeah, you're, about your age. Yeah, you're 20. <laughs> and uh, I remember going up there, and I was really, really scared because it was the first time I'd kind of done anything like this, and I, I got there, and a lady named Linda come came to visit me. And I'm not sure why she came to me because she wasn't part of the youth. I was mainly ahead of the youth group type stuff. She did have a couple of sons in the youth group. So maybe that's why she came to me. But she came to me and she said, uh, she said, Pastor Rob, I think uh, I have a problem. And uh, I said, well, you know, what's your problem? And she said, she didn't know what to do because she was married to a non-believing husband. Somebody who didn't believe. And, uh, she was worried because she really wanted her whole family to be together uh, on Sundays to worship together and to connect with God together. And she said, I've been praying, I've been praying, and I've been praying and praying to God for, for my husband to, to come to know Jesus, and he just hasn't done it. Um, I think she had been praying for about four or five years up to that point. And uh, she says, what should I do? And I'm like, I'm 19 years old. what I don't know what to do. And I saw. I, I just prayed, and we prayed together, and I thought, this kind of picture popped into my mind, and I shared with her some scriptures. There are some scriptures in the Bible that instruct us on that very topic. You know, what, what do I do when I'm married to someone who doesn't believe? And So I shared with her some of those scriptures, and, and uh, we worked through that a little bit. But then I just said, you know, for some reason, this life principle came to my mind, and I shared with her that, you know, you need to keep showing him what a Christian looks like. You need to show him how they love. You need to keep showing them how they parent kids. And you need to show them, show him how a Christian treats other people. And treat him like you would, like you're supposed to as a Christian. And I remember telling her that if you sow those things, I believe God will be faithful and you will reap good things. Well, we moved on. He still wasn't a Christian after we moved on to another ministry. And I hadn't had contact with that church for probably 15 years. And 15 years later, we came back into that church. And this woman came up to me. Her name's Linda. And she said, she whispered to me in my ear, it finally happened. I went, what? (laughs) I had forgotten what she was even talking about. And she goes, it finally happened. Let me introduce you to my Christian husband. And she pulled him over and she introduced her husband to me. And I just kind of lost it. I went, whoa, this is amazing. And it finally happened. She brought her husband over, introduced me. She said, let me introduce to you my Christian husband, a baptized believer. She said those very words, and we were just like celebrating. It was so awesome. It took over 10 years. 10 years. Probably more like 20. If you compare the time before I met her and then after, 20 years before this man wanted to accept Jesus and have a relationship with him. But the life principle worked. She finally reaped what she sowed into his life that's what this principle is all about you will reap what you sow it's for everyone not just the christian not just the non-christian this life principle is is it works on everyone <laughs> whether you want it to or not first and we reap what we sow we reap more than what we sow and we reap later than what we sow so persevere Keep on sowing good things. And if you want to change your life, you want to change the results of your life, maybe you should be thinking about this week, well, what am I sowing? Because I may not be sowing the kinds of things that I want to reap in my life. So keep on sowing because you do reap what you sow. And sometimes you have to wait a little bit because it's later than what you should sow. So if the... Worship team, want to come forward this morning. We have just a song uh, that we're going to sing that will help you kind of think through. And I just want you, you can sing with us. That's great. Uh, you're welcome to sing along. But maybe there might be time during the song that you can have some time of, of thinking about, yeah, what what is it? What adjustments do I need to make in my mind this week to help me with this life principle? Because if you get this life principle right, man, God has got some amazing blessings prepared for you, more more than you'd ever imagine, because that's how this principle works, and it's a very key principle to, to not only our life here, but our hope, it's tied into our hope that we get in heaven. So I pray this morning that, that you will put your life into his hands and allow this life principle to really be realized uh, in your life. This audio is made with Audio Toolkit for Windows Store, downloaded for free now.